0: Welcome to Streaming Into the Void, where we discuss all the streaming news for the week ending September 24th, 2022. This week, a quick rundown of the ratings since Raul is out of the country and we want him to actually enjoy his vacation. I'm Kim Hollis, celebrating 700 home runs over the last amazing 22 years. I love you, Robert Pujols. Also, Tim Brady content creator and gamer combining with Albert Pujols to hit 700 home runs in the major leagues. I guess I love you too, Tim. Oh, I was about to ask. Ah, yes, we, <laughs> did, we,
1: we did it. We did it, ladies and gentlemen. Now we can, I can officially announce my retirement.
2: This is one of my favorite stats ever. Tommy Aaron was Hank Aaron's brother, and he always loved to say that between them, they hit like 740 home runs, but only 20 of <laughs> them were Tommy's.
0: <laughs> awesome. Also, David Mumpower, author of Behind the Ride, streaming media analyst, and someone who is still convinced that Albert Pujols is just a flash in the pan.
2: I uh, I have regrets about things I said to my then-girlfriend in 2001 about her favorite new player. God, <laughs> that
1: was well, I mean, once, once the pitchers adjust, he's he's done. But yeah,
0: obviously. <laughs> Shut up. And the podcast is produced and edited by Raul Burial, who isn't here, so it's going to be a mercifully short podcast. So we are going to start with a little bit of box office discussion.
1: Uh Yeah, so I think this weekend has possibly proved there is no such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, because your top film for the weekend is going to be Don't Worry Darling, and it's probably not because the movie's any good. Mm, no. <laughs> In fact, it is... Quite not good, according to you know most most reviews. But you know the all the whole news that that came out with the production and the promotion for it uh, put it in the consciousness of the public, and mm-hmm. that's probably why this is going to make. Uh, I, I still think it's going to head over twenty million, even though the studios or analysts seem to think otherwise. It's got nine point four million on Friday. I mean, three million of that was on Thursday. But that's that's still not bad. It would have to completely fall apart to to not do twenty million.
2: I mean, we can't rule it out because I've been talking to people about this this afternoon, and they're not entirely sure the film is going to earn seven million today. And if so, it is definitely on the downward slope. There are just so many concerns about the quality of the film. It got a B minus Cinema Score, which is oh. yeah. You can hear. The <laughs> That's kind of a bunch of Harry Styles fans going. Uh, what I just, just watched shirtless. Yeah. 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 What, what did, <laughs> so this is—they basically tried to stir the controversy as much as they could to save what is at its heart a thirty million dollar production budget film. It, it is inexpensive to make. It should break even while it's still in theaters. However, let's be real about the fact that at some point, Warner Brothers decided it was only going to spend money to release three films for the rest of 2022, and it picked this one. And if you are highlighting that few films, they better be excellent, and this most assuredly is not.
1: Yeah, I have to think the whole controversy even gave it a few million dollar bump. Otherwise, we wouldn't even be be talking about this one doing much, if if anything. In fact, absolutely it, agreed. It it might have been beaten by what's second this weekend, and that is the re release of Avatar. What year and, is it? What? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we we do finally, after all these years, have the sequel coming later this this year. So mm-hmm. I guess to, to get people hyped up, here's a. Uh, Here's a 3D re-release.
2: And let me just say that one of the most fascinating things about Avatar, look, we were heavy into box office at the time. People were asking us about Avatar every week. I mean, we were just talking about it in the media ceaselessly when it first came out. But since the start of the pandemic, Avatar has received three different re-releases. And that's happening because during the pandemic, theaters needy content, Avatar is great. And the other thing is, at one point, Avengers Endgame actually surpassed avatar in global box office and that's one of those things that it's an asterisk because it's a moving target avatar has since reclaimed that and now it's going to extend the gap that much more and this feels like the most sincere re-release of the bunch because it got like imax screens and everything didn't it tim
1: oh yeah it went it, it went all out if you have a fancy theater near you this is absolutely playing there Avatar was just so weird. When it came out, I don't think anyone was anticipating this to be such a huge thing. And yeah, it was December, weekend before Christmas, December 2009, and it opened to 77 million. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that that's fine. But then the following weekend, it, it earned 75 million. They... 2% decline and everyone went holy crap this is an unstoppable juggernaut and by the end of January of 2010 it had you know $600 million in the bank.
2: And you're exactly right because one of the things we shouldn't gloss over about this is how negative the PR was for Avatar yes. it was oh released just like with Titanic so history repeated itself so exactly. I mean I have vivid recollections. On Twitter there was a very famous comic book author who keeps up with box office a lot and he asked me is Shirley?" Lock Holmes, Game of Shadows going to out-earn <laughs> Avatar? And that was wow. legitimate. No, was no, a real, no. Yeah, no, that was a real question at the time, sure. It was a real question and that was somebody who kept up. That was somebody who showed they knew what they were talking about because if you had read certain sources of time you would have totally believed that could happen and I'm just like, with the reviews Avatar has gotten, no, that's not going to happen because I had already become aware of the fact that visually Avatar established a new standard and for a time, every film came out in 3D and that was derivative. That was everything else copycatting Avatar because it was so breathtaking. And the reason why you still should go see it in theaters today is it remains the most beautiful film ever made. I mean, for a generation, it was Wizard of Oz or maybe Casablanca. Right now it is Avatar, period.
1: And we do have a ways to go before we get the sequel. That's not until December. December, yeah. Yeah, so.
2: Three months, and it does lead to some curiosity about when Avatar will return to Disney Plus, because they did remove it from the service before re-releasing in theaters. So do we think that they'll make a big deal about that, like Christmas week or something?
1: Oh, God, I just noticed it was a Fox property, which means Disney owns it now. Okay.
2: Yes, Disney yep. specifically targeted Fox. This is one of the reasons why, because they were so happy with Disney's Animal Kingdom's edition of Pandora, the World of Avatar.
1: Yeah, so it, it it did only make three million on on Friday, which is still fine for you know a twelve year old movie, especially the how lousy box office is at the moment. But if it's your thing, you know, some people were like, you know, whatever. But yeah, people who have seen it do love it, and also do YouTube SNL Papyrus and and, and do watch that because it is related to Avatar and is very very funny. Uh, the other thing worth mentioning at box office was last weekend's uh, top movie was actually the the Woman King, which had an A plus in Am I right? yes it's the anti don't worry yes, darling yes, <laughs> worry, darling. yes. Uh, open to uh, 19 million which is which which is fine uh has taken a bit of a drop this weekend down to about 3 million on friday but this is the best news we're going to see in the box office for for a little while so the theaters are taking it where they where they can get it but uh, yeah this movie is apparently very very good
2: that's how it works you get your money the opening week if you don't have it by then you're unlikely to get it because yep. everyone else is going to wait until streaming mm-hmm. this is how it is now hollywood needs to adapt
1: absolutely even something like say barbarian which opens fairly well i mean well you know relatively with 10 with, with 10 million has just barely doubled that so far but yeah not not much not much good news it's slowly getting better you know but there's interesting things i think like like i said the controversy definitely helps don't worry darling because this movie's not good it's going to fall apart from here after after this this okay weekend but yeah that's that that's the best news we have at the box office at the moment
0: Well, thanks for that discussion. How about we move on to some ratings?
1: Okay. We have the Nielsen streaming ratings for Monday, August 22nd to Sunday, August 28th, 2022. And there's some interesting things to talk about and something highly controversial. Uh, Your top show for the week, though, not Stranger Things anymore, not Saman. It is Echoes, 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 (laughs) Echoes. Uh, Yeah, I was... Wrong about this one. I thought it would drop off after showing up last week, but no. In its first full week of availability for the season, uh, one point one billion minutes for these seven episodes. What the heck? Good thing. Yeah, that's that's actually great. And even though everything I read says the show sucks. <laughs>
2: I'm not entirely sure that's ever going to matter with Netflix. I mean, I,
1: I, clearly it doesn't. Yeah, no. I, clearly I'm not qual- even
2: saying that to like be a joke or anything, but like, if you're Netflix, you have to be wondering, should we just be like a content factory and not worry about quality?
1: I, I don't think they have so far. As <laughs> a Sandman
2: fan. I'm hearing what I just said out loud, and it breaks my heart. Yeah, why would you spend the money on Sandman when you can just do crap like Echoes instead?
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's 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 more to come too uh, on this week's chart. It's so weird. Like they definitely want quality. They want they want Oscars. They want awards. They want recognition for quality. And then and then the, they just throw something out there, and it and it and it sticks. And I, I don't know if this is. It's called a miniseries, so I don't know if this is something that would be a second season. I don't know exactly how this story plays out, if it's something that they, they can, but I'm sure they're going to try if it, if it doesn't fall apart after this week, because just one billion minutes out of nowhere is, is impressive. Uh, Stranger Things is still in second, 890 million minutes for its 34 episodes. Sandman, 681 million minutes for 11 episodes. Now we do have that final additional episode included in there.
2: We had thought Sandman would be renewed this week if it were going to happen, and it hasn't yet. So, eek, it's grim. (laughs)
1: Not even at that uh dumb Not yet. Mm. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Come on, Netflix. Jeez. Okay. Uh, we did see this happen last year because in fourth, here is Only Murders in the Building. It's second season now complete. So 20 episodes total jumps up to 578 million minutes.
2: Yep. And just to emphasize what a success this is, uh, we're going to get to the bottom. It takes about 335 million minutes watched to make this list. This is the only Hulu title here, and it's, you know, between 550 and 600 billion minutes. So it is absolutely an anchor program for Hulu.
1: Third one going to be the final season, correct? Or have they not determined that yet?
2: They've said there's going to be a third one. To the best of my knowledge, they haven't guaranteed finality the cast involved may want to do other things especially Mm -hmm. Gomez, but we'll see
1: yeah i I could see that steve martin's the main creative force behind this so i I do wonder if he's got it kind of planned out but yeah i would but i would call this one their flagship show above handmaid's Down at this point
2: yeah i'm just of the opinion at this point no intellectual property is ever 100 dead if there's popularity in Mm -hmm. it you know, 20 years down the line, Selena Gomez might be solving, you know, Steve Martin's murder, something <laughs> like that. Uh, you know, it's not even really a joke. This is just the type of thing. These things never stay dead now.
1: Not as long as there's money involved, right? Uh, Netflix is lock and key in fifth, 518 million minutes for 28 episodes. That's Until- kind of the
2: demonstration, though, that there is like a theoretical limit. This is definitely a product they should have ended. So they made the right call and announcing ahead of time it was going to be the last season.
1: Oh, yeah. I think we discussed it before. This is about around where the second season did as well?
2: Yeah, I think it's a little bit under, but it held its audience quite well, considering Mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, there are diehard fans of the comics like Kim and I who just lost interest because it wasn't the same.
1: Right, right. Untold is in six. That's Netflix's uh, sports documentary series. Actually adds an episode to eight episodes, 485 minutes, mostly here because of the, the Manti Teo episode, but it did add a new one. Uh, Virgin River still here in seven, four 471 million minutes for 42 episodes. Never have I ever, 433 million minutes for 30 episodes. And again, when you, when you look at, these these shows this one, only half hour, so go ahead and, and and double that and to make it a much more impressive number. Right, you're about to say that again, aren't you? Yeah, because uh, we did discuss it last week. But in ninth, here is She-Hulk, attorney at law, 390 million minutes for two episodes. It
2: clears up the mystery we were debating last week why it didn't appear, and we realized it only aired one
1: episode. Oh yeah, yeah, we we we, we sussed out that it was one episode that was fairly short, and that uh, yeah, that 30 minutes episode. Yeah, yep. so that so that made sense. But adding a second episode and getting strong reviews. Yeah, I'm not surprised to see it here, and I expect to see it grow over the next couple weeks.
2: Yeah, the one I'm really curious about is next week, because episode three, that was when they really got hot. Three through five were all exemplary episodes. So I do want to see if there is that growth next week. However, because we're only getting one new episode a week, I don't know if it'll happen. I mean, it's kind of hard to grow when you have a, a ceiling on what you can do.
1: Mm-hmm. And in 10th is glow up from Netflix, three hundred thirty six million minutes for 32 episodes. This is a reality competition show about makeup artists. That's actually British. So it's kind of like the great British baking show, but makeup instead of makeup. The fourth season actually arrived on Netflix during this ratings period. It, aired in the UK from after May, uh, May to June. And let's just
2: take a moment to appreciate the frustration that stems from saying that Glow Up is pretty much as big a hit on Netflix as Glow was. That is
1: wrong. Oh. Wow. To there should be spillover. If you start, I wonder if you search Glow Up if you get Glow. I guess I'm going to guess not. Okay. Over in movies, speaking of Netflix adapting the shovelware format, the top movie of the week is Me Time, 971 <laughs> Million Minutes. What? Yeah. Oh, well. This does is, that have Kevin Hart? Uh, yes. Actually, it does. And, yes. and Mark and Mark Wahlberg.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah. So at yeah. least they're paying for it. randos, and they're getting a billion minutes. Eesh.
1: No, this one did have some actual you know names to it, but it, it's not very good. It's you know one of those goofy family comedy type type things that that's in both their wheelhouses at this point. Rotten Tomatoes uh, has Me Time as six percent fresh. Oof. Yeah, that
0: you have to try to do that poorly. That is not good.
1: <laughs> you know who I
2: really respect are the six percent who voted for it? Because those are people who are legitimately, presuming they're not taking bribes, are legitimately giving every film a chance. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the majority opinion right there. <laughs> I remember there was some music movie with Steven Strait back in the day that I gave a positive review, and I got like a, a note from one of the producers thanking me that they thought they'd made a good movie, and I was one of the few who gave it a fair chance.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Uh, we do have something else new in second. This one's actually from Amazon Prime Video. This is Samaritan. 567 million minutes. Arrived on the 26th. Oh, this is the Sylvester Stallone... Movie, I think we talked about. It.
2: How yep. many different comebacks is this for Sylvester Stallone at this point? 28
1: Oh, yeah, I've lost. I have lost track. It's it's <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, this one reviewed a little better, forty percent at Rotten Tomatoes. But yeah, it's uh, interesting the, that this one is a relative hit for Prime. Again, I think what we've we've said before: if you're not Netflix, you're kind of on a curve on this on this chart. And to get that many minutes means you're doing you, you got some eyeballs. Uh, the most of this rest of this list we have seen before. Look both ways; we saw that last week: three hundred seventy-five million minutes. That's back back to Netflix. Day shift: three hundred twenty-two million minutes. Day shift definitely
2: doesn't have much staying power.
1: So Mm-mm. no, it's actually. Hung around for a week or two longer than I expected, but I think it should drop off pretty quick from here. Now that you have me time to watch anyway. Uh, Sing 2 in 5th, 281 million minutes. Uh, Uncharted, 263 million minutes. Lightyear from Disney Plus in 7th, 251 million minutes. Something new from Netflix in 8th, Running with the Devil, 241 million minutes. Uh, Not a Van Halen biopic, unfortunately, but this is the John McAfee or McAfee biography.
2: I mean, I feel like we're out of antivirus jokes by this point. <laughs> yeah. Let's all acknowledge the fact that that dude was legitimately insane, even by cocaine addict standards,
0: and leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, he was something else.
1: Yeah, at one point, that was the standard for, like, virus protection and, and removal, so you just knew that name. And then when you, if you ever looked up what the dude was into, uh, he was out there. Holy cow.
0: He apparently had 47 genetic children, and his third wife described him As a father of many, loved by few.
1: Oh my. Okay. I'm going to guess this movie just doesn't do it justice. I I
0: can't (laughs) imagine it would.
1: (laughs) And the movie even suggests that that he faked his death. Yep. Okay, we wrap up movies with Encanto from Disney Plus, two hundred five uh, minutes in ninth. Yep, thank thankfully all is right with the world of Encanto's mm-hmm. on this list, and Netflix's big two hundred million dollar flop, The Gray Man, one hundred seventy seven million minutes. Less gray man's more me times, because that could not have been expensive <laughs> to make. Netflix.
0: No, it could not. That's,
1: that's the key. Okay, all right. So in acquired, some shows we've seen before. Uh, led by Game of Thrones, which makes sense, because, you know, the the on HBO Max, because, you know, we have the, the new series. Uh, 909 million minutes, which is actually quite solid. Um, see, they ruined my joke. After I made the joke that we had a limit of two HBO Max shows, and then they went ahead and had three last week because Game of Thrones, Friends, and Big Bang Theory were here. Now there are four, because there <laughs> are those three. And here we have, in third, House of the Dragon, 741 million minutes, as an acquired series sure why not i have i i I hear roe's outrage from another continent
0: (laughs) i have questions
1: yeah so do i All right. I I guess
2: on the positive here, let's just talk for a second about the fact that HBO Max TV shows have generally done between 300 million and 600 million minutes. Game of Thrones at 900 million minutes is pretty much the high watermark for them outside of movies. Yes, absolutely. Then right behind it is house of the dragon at 741 million minutes. So they have two shows that are basically the same thing admittedly that have just set a new standard for them and established the Fact that a high-quality product is the rising tide that lifts all boats. Because, Tim, how did the other two shows do the ones we've seen before?
1: Uh, Big Bang Theory is in six, 606 million minutes, and Friends is in eighth, 460 million minutes, which feels like higher numbers than we've traditionally seen Great. for those shows. Yeah.
2: Four shows... billion minutes for the place that has just cut its content and basically Mm -hmm. said they're going to spell on all major projects. This is the proof of concept for everything Jason Kyler was doing by committing to high quality content. This is everything that we're not going to see moving forward because they have decided this is not the business model they want, which means it is both impressive and infuriating.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what we've also learned is the shows that simulcast more or less on HBO and HBO Max somehow count as acquired because you would think House of the Dragon would be an original series. It is not. It also makes me mad that while we got the HBO Max ratings only a few months ago. Had we had them earlier in the year, there was a show that absolutely would have landed on the list. And it's actually not not Peacemaker, David, not the one I'm thinking of. But we totally would have seen Euphoria. But they also would have put it on Acquired because that also airs on HBO and then is viewable on, it on HBO Max. And that makes me mad that it would count as that.
2: Meanwhile, Westworld was airing since they've been doing this and did not chart. Right. Which establishes the baseline of what we know about the hierarchy of current HBO products. Probably the most expensive one, I'm just guessing, but I would imagine that's the case, has done the least. Euphoria is probably... Second, I could see an argument for it being first. It had been first before House of the Dragon. And now the Game of Thrones stuff is excelling. And it also brings us back to the other conversation. We know from the press release that 10 million people watched House of the Dragon. We only tracked 2.1 million of them that were actually on HBO, which means there's 7.9 million people watching these episodes. Two episodes, by the way, which means we're talking about 120 to 130 minutes of television because they're long episodes. So I still think this reads low. Do you agree or disagree, Tim and Kim?
1: Yes. It, it seems mean, low to me. And I think that's because of how it's, it's limitations of Nielsen. And unlike most shows which, say, arrive on you know, Friday or midweek, these episodes drop on Sunday. So these ratings actually end on the 28th, but the second episode of House of the Dragon came on the 28th. So there's a chance this is technically like the viewing for, I mean, granted, it's the full week, but the viewing for one episode.
2: Oh, that's that's a very fair point. Because we We didn't see it last week. Right, we didn't. And that was confusing to all of us. And we kind of debated whether or not it had actually missed the deadline. And we're still lacking that clarity right now. And the other thing we're going to touch on, we agreed not to do any major stories this week with Raul unavailable because we did not want him to spend his vacation editing a podcast. And none of the rest of us have the competence to do that. So we're not going to talk about Amazon's NFL ratings until next week. But Nielsen was much, much, much more optimistic about those. And coincidentally or not, Amazon pays Nielsen specifically just to track NFL data. So Mm -hmm. it seems like if you're sticking money in Nielsen's pocket, you get better numbers. That's all I'm going to say about it. I understand it's a business and I'm not accusing anything. But when I look at House of the Dragon, it reads low to me based on the information we have. And that's kind of my point here. And we're going to keep tracking it because it's what we do.
1: Yeah, did you ever think the acquired list would be the most interesting one over the week other than when the show was manifest at the top for, for no damn reason yeah.
2: thanks I had been repressing that yeah <laughs>
1: Uh, we, we do still have Bluey in the middle of the pack, six hundred fifteen minutes, which is actually still really good.
2: Um, Cocoa melon and Bluey on top of each other is pretty much every parent's nightmare, yeah. but it, it also kind of re, uh, reflects the American educational system as we have it right now.
1: Yeah. I actually can't recall if we've seen The Blacklist before. That's in 10th at 392 million minutes. And while we've seen Better Call Saul, which made sense when, when that show returned for its final season, uh, we have a random Breaking Bad appearance in 397 oh. million minutes for its... 62 episodes.
2: That makes me think it's always kind of hovering in the 11 to 20 range, which we expect some shows like we haven't seen The Simpsons in a while, interestingly enough. And then we have seen The Blacklist before, but I know that they just added the new episodes and I presume that that's the impact factor here.
1: Oh, is that still on? Wow. Okay.
2: Yes. They actually killed off the woman who was the protagonist and just accepted the fact it was always James Spader's show. (laughs) (laughs) The episodes where it was just him were on and people were, you know, really, believe that they didn't have to, you know, do the other stuff anymore. But the point I'd like to make here is we are seeing the gradual expansion in this. You needed 3 million to make the top 10, and then it got up to 5 to 7 million. It now takes 392 million minutes to make this list for Acquired, which is the one that is kind of the heavyweight list of the three.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's... I I honestly can't say any more about this. I am excited to follow... She-Hulk over the next couple of weeks, where House of the Dragon lands, because I think this could end up being one of the biggest numbers we've ever seen on Acquired if it continues to grow. Because from everything I'm hearing, the show is actually good, as opposed to say the final season of Game of Thrones. But yeah, there's just some stuff to look forward to on the on the ratings charts for the next few weeks.
2: What I'm looking forward to is the rise, because Kim, I think you would agree. The fifth episode of House of the Dragon is like the sixth episode of Game of Thrones, where when you know Ned gets his head cut off, you kind of suddenly realize what the show is going to be. And yeah. the fifth episode of House of the Dragon is kind of hinting at
0: that, right? Yeah, I would agree that it's like, oh, okay, this just went to another level.
2: Had kind of a variation on the Red Wedding, a different style. Yes. Miserable wedding theme. Yes,
0: weddings go badly in the Game of Thrones universe. We're five
2: episodes into this series and we have already had one flash forward of several years and it looks like we're about to have a second one, so much so that I had to ask him the other day, are we sure Olivia Cook is in this? Because I'm a Ready Player One fan. I had expected Olivia Cook as the main character. She hasn't been yet. She's apparently about to be, which kind of tells you how House of the Dragon has been so far, and so I definitely think there is room to grow here.
0: All right, we will close it out with what we've been watching, doing, whatever this week. And actually, I've been watching a lot of football, which means I haven't watched a ton of stuff. So I will just say everybody should be watching She-Hulk. We just talked about it a little bit in the ratings, but it's a hilarious delight. Every guest star is nailing it. We had the appearance of Madison a couple of weeks ago. and Is that that with a Y? (laughs) But it's not where you think. Okay, okay. Okay, and also Bridezilla Lulu and Mr. Immortal, who have now given just pitch-perfect performances. Just watch it. It's great.
1: Tim, how about you? Actually, I have a question. First, talking about football, have you watched Amazon's broadcasts? Yeah. Are they doing anything different? I know it's not it's not brand new to them. It's not the first time they do they've, they've done it. But are they are they doing anything sort of different than what the traditional broadcast? Or not really? It's just football that, but well, but, you, so, but you have to watch it on Prime.
0: Yeah, they say that they are doing different things. Like, what do they call it, David X-ray? Stats. There's a couple different options that you have that you could potentially watch, but it doesn't necessarily feel that different from most of the other broadcasts to me. David might disagree.
2: Yeah, we joked the other night when we pulled it up, there were three or four different broadcast options, and one of them was the statistic heavy one. And I joked to Kim. Okay. That- was one of the greatest moments of my life with that as a possibility. There's also apparently an all-22 camera. I couldn't find it. I don't know if I was doing something wrong, if it's under a menu option. I I wasn't looking that hard for it. But that basically is the overhead eye in the sky cam that will actually tell you which players are screwing up. It's when coaches (laughs) talk about coaching film, that's what they're watching. Amazon is actually showing that live on the field so that people can immediately track which players are doing their job and which ones are really causing problems. So there are innovations in place, but we're only two episodes into this. Last year, they were doing this, but this year, they're seriously doing it, and that does make
1: a difference. Okay, so, that's what I, yeah, uh, that, that's what yeah. I was wondering, because... um there's commercials about like, you know, how awesome AWS is for like you know sports stats and how it's changed everything. And, then, and I would expect the their broadcast to really lean into that. So I guess there's the the one you have to select that's that's heavy on the on the advanced stats. But yeah, I'm just curious if if they're attempting to you know reinvent the the wheel in their in their broadcast.
2: You know me, so you'll understand this. I would add. Any sort of supporting point, if I could remember one, there was nothing they presented in their data that really stuck out to me like, oh, wow, that's very impressive, which means that so far they're just producing data, nothing that's like a breathtaking reveal. But, you know, it's like I say, we're only two games into this out of a 17 game season, so I expect it to improve. Okay,
1: cool. Uh, so anyway, as a good liberal, I've tried to listen to crooked media podcasts, but I never really tend to stick with them that long. But there was one that I enjoyed that is back with the new season. The Wilderness began in 2018 uh, as we headed into the midterm elections that year. And that's where the Democratic Party was at that point. They were in the Wilderness, not having control of the presidency, the House Representatives, or, or Senate. Pod Save America founder and host John Favreau did a podcast on how we ended up there and what we could do about it. Uh, he, he did a second season in 2020 as we headed into the presidential election after major gains in the House in 2018. And it's a little amusing in hindsight, but it was mostly done pre-pandemic. Uh, but I think the key points that were made during that season stood up. Um, but now he's back with a third season as we head into the 2022 midterms. And what he did in the second season and has done this season is look at important states and regions of the country that you would consider electoral battlegrounds or just important. Now, as the Democrats hold the White House, the party in power traditionally loses seats, gets their butt kicked in the midterm elections. But, you know, why is the main question. And it turns out, you know, most people just aren't really politically engaged if you are even mildly so I think you're probably among like you know the 20 30 percent of people who are in this country so for for part of this while he talks to political experts about you know voter patterns uh, he also holds focus groups with certain voters say in Virginia which voted overwhelmingly for Biden in 2020 but then elected a republican governor in 2021 and now he talks to voters who voted for different parties to see what their plans are for the midterm one person in another focus group had no idea what midterm elections Were And I was just like, are you kidding me? How is that possible in this day and age? When you are engaged, you forget that most people are not. It is releasing weekly at this point. There's only a couple episodes at this point. Previous season came out. Early in 2020, as as I had said, it was actually pre-pandemic. But this one is is releasing as we get closer and closer to the midterm. So I'm I'm very curious. It's exactly the type of thing that I I find interesting. Rather than just their main podcasts, don't tend to really I find terribly interesting. They're they're amusing for sound bites here and there. But uh, this one I definitely enjoyed it. Again, it's called The Wilderness by with uh, John Favreau.
0: Awesome, David. How about you? You know,
2: honestly, we've really only watched the the same shows recently, which is Harley Quinn, which ended, Lower Decks, which we love, and Archer, which has recently started its new season and just had a fantastic episode. But I have gone ahead and caught up on two more episodes of For All Mankind's most recent season, and <laughs> it's definitely been... They're having fun in that the idea of an Elon Musk type trying to colonize Mars is pretty much the most disastrous concept any of, <laughs> of us could have. (laughs) and Ron Moore who did Battlestar Galactica is one of my favorite showrunners on the planet he just has the knives out and is just in assassination mode at all times and I am here for it it is an absolute joy I think I've got three episodes left it might just be two episodes left at this point but season two was better but You know, it's like Justified, where you're never going to beat season two of Justified, but that
0: doesn't make any of the other seasons any less good. It's kind of like that. I'm having a grand old time. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Streaming Into the Void. Please consider subscribing via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we welcome your feedback. Remember that we're on social media at Streaming Void and online at streamingintothevoid.com. If you like what you're hearing, please consider rating us and giving us a review in your favorite podcast player. Be sure to watch for us again next week.